Hey, King. Beard Ski. Uh, we've only got a few scant episodes left before episode 200, so I thought, similar to leading up to triple digits last time, we, we projected into the future a little bit and thought about... Uh, episode 200! So I thought maybe episode 198 could be called... Want to? You know we want more Wilhelm screaming. <laughs> also, Wilhelm, get at us. Send the check. Oh. Episode 198. <laughs> Wilhelm scream. Want to? For almost 200 episodes now, uh, we're always chasing our brothers from Canadian mothers, Loose Ropes Wrestling. Dream. But 200 feels pretty good, and I feel like we've done a lot of things. But sometimes, I think, like we mentioned last week, I feel a little like um, not that this is in any way comparable, but the way that Colt Cabana talked about Art of Wrestling, where he'd done the same format, he'd done kind of the same podcast over and over again, even though there was great new guests and really interesting things. And so I thought maybe we could talk about a couple of different things. One, people we'd love to collaborate with, uh, maybe take a page again out of the uh, the Cody notebook and talk about interviews that we'd I'm love gonna to I'm not going to let you get have. near the chair. Okay, uh, yeah, no, no unprotected chair shots. Yeah. I mean, no, hey, hey. No, when, and I quote, gimmick to chairs. When even Orin Vite realizes that uh, he should be blocking light tube shots to the head. You mean old hand vagina? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, maybe maybe time to change things up. <laughs> One of the worst phrases I've ever yeah. come down to my basement and heard somebody say, hey, you want to look at my hand vagina? And I was like, no, no I do not. No. Thank you for sharing. Not unless it's taco flavor kisses. <laughs> um, and then uh, the, the final thing would be, um, you know, collaborators other people that we'd like to work with. And so kind of thinking about those three things, and then we can do a little quick rap ski. Just some collaborators. Yeah. Um, and maybe we, we could even mention the, the two shows, um, just kind of right off the bat. There's two shows this weekend. Um, MAW Live at the Rice County Fairgrounds. Friday night, I think 6.30 to 8.30. Um, Aaron Corbin, Karanoia, Kyle Pro, Leonard Literacy, Moses Mayhem, uh, Run Rev. The System, Cold Stone, Tim Boston, back. Uh, tickets, all ages, $5. Ringside seats, 15 And then Saturday, the infamous 
Bloomington's Fireman Softball Tournament. It's going to be in the evening for maybe the first time ever. I feel like it's always been in the day when we've gone. Uh, hosted by Steel Domain and uh, Primetime Wrestling as well as the uh, the kind of the Bloomington, uh, Minnesota Firemen's uh, crew. From 6 to 9, uh, should be a great show. They usually pull out all the stops for that. Um, bring an umbrella for rain or shine because... Oh, it can be hot out there. I think it was 102 last year when I went. Muggy. Actually, I didn't go last year because last year was, uh, I can't remember, Magic Magic Mike's Pro Wrestling with chair shots to get into the academy. Um, that, uh, not not actual uh, academy scholarships. Anyway, um, why, don't we, why don't we start off with, with people we are really interested in still interviewing. I think maybe from that original list... We're down to uh, maybe Quack and Mick Foley, <laughs> which were both very aspirational. Um, but, you know. Do you... Outside of that, should we just go five? Yeah, let's go five. Let's go five each. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you want to you wanna kick off? You want me to kick off? You kick off. Okay. I... You go first. I have really been wanting to do some more classic interviews, and so I would put these guys in as a tag team, but I'd really like to talk to them. I'd really like to talk to Nate Bash and Ben Saylor, because those two were, I think, one of the preeminent tag teams. I think that they're one of the few devoted tag teams for a very long time, at a time, I think, when there was... um, almost an embarrassment of riches with North Star Express and Junk Squad and others um, kind of filling that that gap in um, in Minnesota pro wrestling's tag team scene. I, w- I would really, I would love to sit down with them and talk about their careers, retirement, uh, gimmicks, uh, wrestling styles, tag team wrestling. Because I think that when you look at a kind of classic picture of Minnesota pro wrestling's tag team scene for a period they were you know kind of Mount Rushmore uh, level and and certainly the the kind of quality of the wrestling um, I, I think was phenomenal yeah I mean we talked about this before that there was a time when Minnesota was known for its tag team wrestling um, and I think they were definitely maybe the tail end of that. Yeah. Maybe now there's been a, you know, for lack of a better term, a... Renaissance? Renaissance. <laughs> uh, but uh, that is an interesting... I, I would be interested. I, I mean, we've watched a little Ben Saylor, and I think Ben Saylor is someone who... Would he have stuck around and wrestled more at this time in that style Mm -hmm. I think you know he would have been extremely successful yeah I mean I'm just saying no doubt um (laughs) next your your pick I figure we're alternating right yeah um Granakuma ooh Granakuma I am a huge fan of Granakuma uh, I think that Granikuma is a very, very smart man. Um, I 
know that we talked to a couple people from Chikara who talked about putting us in touch with him. Um, I would really like to talk to him about hey, to call him those chips. Fire Pro Wrestling, of course. But also just his thoughts on wrestling and kind of also his suggestions. He wrestled such an interesting style in such an interesting way in Chikara. Um, if you think about it, he was the straight man in a team with Chuck Taylor and Icarus, where Icarus was sometimes <laughs> also the straight man until he took his jacket off, and Chuck Taylor was just Chuck Taylor. And if everybody's aware of Sexy Chucky e. T now, go back and watch Unhinged Kentucky Gentleman, you know, early in his career, because it is choice. It is There's some insane stuff going on, where he is literally just, you know, he's just talking. It's There's, there's no forethought put into anything he's saying. He's just running off at the mouth. The, my favorite... The Ray Dave Valadores one. Oh. <laughs> Where it's, I'm going to kill that half Latino, half black kid, and then I'm going to kill this guy, and we're gonna, everybody's dead. <laughs> and I'm going to do a moonsault. I, I think it was the fist promo where they, uh, where Icarus had to uh, let them know that he uh, could not be within 500 feet of a, of a school. And they kept going on and think, and then I'm gonna kill him. Be like, you can't say that. Be like, oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but then you would see weird stuff like the the time they got him to break and dance. Yeah. You know where they got Akuma to dance, and then he would, got back in the ring and he kicked the bejesus out of somebody. Yeah. And the fact that he was a masked wrestler before that, and he lost a you know he lost a, ma- a match for his mask. I mean, I think Akuma had such a pivotal part in making Chikara what it was for me. Mm-hmm. And I would like to just hear his thoughts on wrestling. Yeah. I think good. I think really good. Really good. I would say within that same vein, I, I think that you could say Chuck Taylor, you could say Orange Cassidy, you could say all, all these people. I, I don't think that we're going to add anything to that but someone I haven't heard a lot of interviews with that I, monster. I would love well, I would love that too um, but but I heard today yeah that you know somebody who was played the swamp monster on numerous occasions yeah I was shocked when I heard this Pete Dunn oh really Pete Dunn I've, I've heard that Trent Beretta yeah on numerous occasions was a swamp monster and Chuck and Chuck but I heard Pete Dunn also did more than a few stints as Swamp Monster. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it's from a credible source or not. It's from the How To Wrestling podcast. Yeah. They would know more on the British side of things. Yeah. But uh, I was like, oh, God, that's funny. Yeah. That's real funny. Um, someone else in that vein, because I'm trying to kind of spread things out locally, uh, regionally, globally. Uh, I would love to have a conversation with Marchi Archie Archibald Peck. Yeah. Because I think he's another one of those guys like Grant Akuma that never really got the credit he deserved, um, or the accolades that should, uh, and were on occasion showered upon him. But he was always one of those guys who, 
whenever I watched him in Chikara and elsewhere, Artie I, Evans. I, yeah, I always, I always believed in what he was doing. I never felt like it was him doing something that wasn't uh, an extension of himself. Right, the, the the kind of great adage of turning yourself up to eleven, and and very different aspects of himself depending on the different. Uh, personas he inhabited but that would be my that'd be my like chikara pick I think. so i'm gonna cheat and i'm gonna do five local and five outside the local area because i'm a cheater well total heel move you just need to get over it my first local one uh would be canon it'll never happen and that's fine I'm, I'm well aware of that but i would love to be able to sit down um and i would i i think what i would really like to talk to eric cannon about more than anything else, is just his philosophy on how he puts a show together mm. as well as how he puts a match together. And just what it means to be a guy who was around when the, when the most talented guys and independent wrestling all started to take off at one time. And he was so well thought of in that group. But yet, he's the guy who didn't have, like, Claudio or, or Hero's size. Or Steen's high-flying for a big guy. Or all those things. But you look back, and to me, watching those matches, he hit harder than anybody else. Yeah, Like, he hit people so fucking hard. Um, he brought so much thunder on some of that those chops, and he's not a big guy. I mean, how do you continually and constantly make yourself stand out mm-hmm. in that crowded environment? And that's what he did. And I think he did it really well. And in, in the process, I think Corbin and Cruz were in that same mold right afterwards yeah. and did the same thing. I think that they... Those three, but I, I, we've we've been really fortunate enough to be able to spend time with those other two gentlemen. Yeah. And to to be to be clear, these are people we haven't had on the podcast before. Obviously, yeah. there are a ton of yeah. people that we want to have back on. But but, but Cannon, I think you know, hearing about that, I think would be very very interesting. Um, and then also, I would love to hear like, how did the PBR thing like t- take off? Like, how did you make that connection? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a guess. Drinking a lot of PBR. Well, I mean beyond that, I mean, did you contact them? Did they contact you? You yeah. know, and at that point, did you just go like, so you just want me to professionally drink? Because I'm coming into that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. And and also at the same time, I would love to know, you know, just how do you continually during that time of independent wrestling be the guy who traveled? In that yeah. state, you repped that. You repped this state. You know, North Star Express traveled, but Cannon traveled. Yeah. You know, so that that's I think why what I would like to talk to him about well, no beyond maybe just having a couple of whiskeys, a couple, a couple Benweisers, yeah. uh, and by Benweiser we mean whiskeys. Yeah. Um, so I'll skip back locally then. I would love to have Dr. Darren Davis. Two fingers in the air, baby. <laughs> because not only uh, not only did he referee, did he wrestle, but he also maintained a blog 
throughout a, a long period of time. And as we've talked about before, history is like my jam. Um, filling gaps in, in Minnesota pro wrestling history, an, an incredible kind of important thing to, to me um, as I'm thinking about how I can contribute um, to the scene and to the work that we do, um, bringing that knowledge to the forefront, recalling a lot of, of, of people that helped pave the way. I think that Dr. Darren Davis is one of my favorite characters. Every time he refs for MIW or I see him in the stands, throw the old salute up. Um, because I, you know, I think it's really important that we recognize people that were a part of the scene. It doesn't even have to be people that are the kind of Eric Cannons of the world that are going out and just, you know, traveling and putting Minnesota on the map. It can be all of these people that in certain ways, you know, I think having uh, Officer Rob Justice on, um, and him talking about his, his kind of previous incarnation, his life, was one of the, the best moments. And I think that peeling back... Uh, the layers of Minnesota pro wrestling history is one of my favorite things that we've done on the podcast and something I'd really like to, um, when we're thinking about kind of beyond, um, the, into the two, into the two hundreds, but not beyond wrestling. Although we will be entering uncharted territory. Um, hey, uh, Dr. Darren Davis, two fingers in the air. Yay. Yay. All right. You're next. Uh, an interesting one. When we don't, a person we don't hear a whole lot about anymore. Not interesting. Use a different adjective. Fascinating, I think. Someone who really, I felt like was on the verge of doing something maybe revolutionary and then kind of dropped off the face of the earth um, in, a, in a move across the country. And I don't know if they're doing a whole lot now with their previous persona, but I would love to talk to Kevin Condren. Oh, I think Kevin Condren, especially in Chikara, um, he was setting the tone for a lot of the heel work that came after him. Uh, and I think he's a very smart guy. Um, I think the the thing that maybe hurt him was being really young. <laughs> yeah. And maybe making some mistakes along the way. Well, I think that he's also kind of professed to dealing with a lot of mental health issues, yeah. you know, and I think that his his kind of open conversation about that has been something that really... I would, um, I would love to talk about that. I mean, this is something that, that, that I'm very open about. Um, you know, I, I work with and have had to my entire life, because of family, deal with the repercussions of mental health. Um, we ostensibly just did a charity show with an organization regarding mental health where it was never really addressed. Mm -hmm. um, I think we owe it to the community at large, especially people in the wrestling community. We know a lot of people who struggle daily um, to get through and work through their issues and find coping mechanisms, find help, find medic whether it's through medication, whether it's through therapy, counseling, whatever it may be. Um, I think everyone has a story to tell in that respect, and it would be really interesting to hear his and how it maybe has changed his viewpoint, as well as maybe just his overall creative output. I think that, yeah, it, it's a 
I think it's a really difficult thing to wrap your head around and talk about in in a productive way that um, that really recognizes how how important and how difficult it can be to to deal with at times, especially you know when when that um, that obstacle in a lot of ways is something that that can make you antisocial or uncollaborative or or it can really make interpersonal relationships a real challenge. Um, and I think that. I think that you know when we talk when we talk sometimes about the folly of youth. Um, I think that there's also I think a predominance of uh, people wrestling with um, you know mental and physical health as they're learning the business, but as they're trying to you know as you said right you know six seven years maybe max um, for that kind of window to take the next step to kind of move up the ladder and um, or get out get yeah. out while the getting's good. Yeah. You know, there's your body is only built to do so much. You know, yeah. it's only you the the bump card thing that people will talk about is very real. At the same time, you know, I will say this often, you know, having been through that concussion inventory after a you know, two and a half day coma and having facial reconstruction surgery. <laughs> is having someone say how many times have you been have you seen stars how many times you've been knocked out how many at what point did you not recognize it was time to get off the ride yeah you know you don't get to do that to yourself and think you're going to walk away unscathed you know you're paying a price yeah um and it's the same thing you know and and again speaking from from experience and, and working with individuals and watching family members go through this, it's the same thing with mental illness. You don't outthink your mental illness. That's a classic. That's a classic mistake. I have seen people who are brilliant, who are absolutely the smartest person in every room they walk into, yeah. um, think that they can outthink their manic depression, and you're not going to win that fight. You're just not because. I have seen the enemy, and the enemy is me. Uh, and you are smarter than you, especially when you're manic, or especially when you're at the at your lowest. Um, and it's such a it's such a difficult thing to to assist someone with, and that idea that those types of disorders they rob you of your support system. Yeah. They they take it away. They systematically isolate you. They steal from you your confidence. Those things, they make you feel a lack of worth, and then they put you in a position where you are alone with yourself. And that's so, so difficult. And it's important that as a community, rather than let that person go through that, that we rally around them and that we you know, make sure they understand that I'm not going anywhere. You know, you can have your bad moments, and yeah. I'll stand in the fire with you. I got your back. You know, we'll get through this. Not going, you know, that no matter what, you know, your your, your support system is with you. Um, and, you know, people need that, and they need to understand that that's unconditional. Yeah. Um, and, and when people tell their story, 
it's much easier for the community at large, I think, to get on board with that because they can put a face to that. Because unfortunately, the community at large only hears the horrific side of things of, you know, man with supposed mental illness commits crime. Yeah. Um, or does this horrible thing or... It's just, that's not how it generally works. Yeah. Which is, you know, really hard for for someone who, you know, working in human services their entire life to to hear that and constantly try to educate people and have them just not understand that. Yeah. But I would love to talk to him because I also think he's extremely creative. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't mean to get off on a rant there. No, I mean, <laughs> but I think that that's important. You know, I think that that's, that's what I feel like we've been missing a little bit with Heel Turn Radio. I talked about it a little bit last week with the SOS episode. You know, I, I think that these are things that we're passionate about and really kind of stoke the fires for us. And, and to me, that's why I, that's when I enjoy the episodes. And I, I feel like, I, you know, I would hope that that's when other people enjoy the episodes, when they can find these things that they personally connect to as well. You know, outside of the, the wrestling, uh, yeah, you know, kind of family um, dynamics that kind of bind us all together. Um you know, there's these kind of, these underlying issues and underlying currents that go, you know, beyond just what's happening in the ring, but really kind of speak about the entire kind of, um, the entire makeup of, of what wrestling is from storytelling to the visuals, to the, the kind of, um, editing or the, the kind of, um, narrative that's, that's built that goes beyond the individual kind of pieces. Um, and that's why my number four we talked with her a little bit. We didn't get a chance to get her on the podcast. I would love to talk with Yolanda, who does oh my all of the the yeah. um, the merch and um, and costume design, um, gear design for a lot of folks from Chikara, but also a lot of people that have kind of passed through that are now in WWE, and you know, kind of people that know them from their time there. I think that that her her eye for finding things that accentuate the styles of people but also um she's just always such a like a vibrant presence at at Chikara shows and um and she's like one of the most amazing hilarious people online yeah. um typically I feel like I see her the most while interacting with Stokely Hathaway's Twitter. Um, but I also... She does drag him, which is the yeah. funniest. Um, but but we definitely, you know, we follow and love um, everything that, that Yolanda does. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know... And amazing, I, I, amazing. I amazing love that person. kind of, that side of it. Um, that, that there's something, there's, there's other things that really don't play in because there's only a couple of people that really do uh, gear design uh locally and so i think that there's interesting things between designing and then also manufacturing it that uh that really kind of play out in that conversation so um yolanda the designer um that's a really good one number four uh we've had him on just for a snippet oh. and it was just to promote a match um, I would like this person on to sit down because I think that their story is important. Um, and I think that they really should be, and they're getting to be seen on a higher and higher platform on a consistent basis. Devon Monroe is absolutely one of the 
A is one of the fastest rising stars in Minnesota, but B um, is one of the nicest human beings you would ever want to meet. Yeah. Um, he is just absolutely adorable yeah. as a person. Um, and I, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hard time here. So if you hear this, when he came on and did that tour, two or three minutes where he hyped up the match, yeah. he was so nervous. Yeah. Just pouring sweat. Yeah. Um, that was at the summit show, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. Absolutely professional, focused, articulate, everything you'd want. And I think a lot further along than he realized he's at. And I think that's kind of the theme for him in general mm-hmm. is he's always a lot further along than he realizes. Uh, I, I just, I think it's important that he gets yet another platform to talk about his experience and his journey. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I would, I, I would like us to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh man. I'm doing five and five. I don't even know how many I've done so far. So we got, we got one more, and then we'll take a little break. One more for each of us. One of the other people that I, that I haven't talked about in a while, and really we haven't interacted with in a while. We should, um, and I'd love to hear about his story. Is uh, is Michael from What a Maneuver? Um, you know, really, I think What a Maneuver, uh, an alternate uh, to the pro wrestling tees, uh, kind of juggernaut, um, but. They do our merch and have been so great and gracious and helpful and patient. Um, and and I think that with some of the things that we have coming up, I think I'm really excited to maybe roll some of those things out and then have him come on. Um, and maybe even, you know, some of the other people um, that, uh, that that have been a kind of part of the, the Wham! Fam to, to talk about... Um, that uh that entire uh process i and i think that's a really good idea because and again i i can't say enough good things about him as a collaborator talk about a guy who is (laughs) given us carte blanche to do weird stuff yeah and been like boys go right ahead and just knock yourselves out yeah um and has been like one of the most supportive people for our little thing that we experiment do. yeah the heel, heel turn fan yeah i don't know that's a uh that's one of those things i'll never get over where you were like oh yeah what a, you know michael what a maneuver like thinks our stuff so it's pretty good yeah and he's just like okay with all this stuff we want to do but it's always just amazing to me when those things happen yeah or when we'll either one of us will just contact someone and it's not a complete clusterfuck <laughs> when you're like like Chris Wolf's a great example. Like you're yeah. like, hey, I talked to Chris Wolf, and I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you do? Or that time where I was like, I think I'd been drinking, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and I'm gonna message Zane Riley, and you guys were like, yeah, okay, whatever, chunky. <laughs> and I came out, and I was like, Zane Riley's gonna be on a podcast. <laughs> that's true. And I think that's exactly how it went down. Pretty much. I yeah. don't think any of us called you chunky, but. Chunky Monkey. Yeah, you, you remember what you remember. Although, uh, he did post an amazing picture. 
yes. last weekend when he was on the toilet. He said, like, I'm taking a st- Skyler, yeah. getting ready to wipe or getting ready to do something else. And he's like, it's five in the morning and I'm drinking whiskey on the toilet. Yeah, because he was in Florida <laughs> yeah. or Georgia or something. I can't remember. The yeah. Revolt was getting ready to wrestle. Um, I came with the team, but it was plus Liger. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then they stuck their thumbs in each other's butts. Yeah, because they're awesome. But there was that also that picture of them eating afterwards where they're all shirtless. Which yes. Is so good. So good. So good. Now, he's uh, the coolest. I gotta find, we got to find a way to go to Galaxy Con. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so we can... Well, you know the way we do that. Get in a car. Drive to Galaxy Con. Well, it's here. I know. He's going to be here. I, I know. We no, literally I mean, in a car. find a way to pay for it. More than okay, well, we, just, we just go. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's, we'll, talk, we'll talk about... We'll talk about savings plans. That, savings. That's gonna be that's gonna be episode two hundred. We're just gonna talk about how we, we save up to F- fiscal days. responsibility. Fiscal responsibility in wrestling <laughs> would be great. Uh, number five for you. Uh, am I on home home? You're just on just on five. No, I'm, I've been going back and forth. Oh, I don't know. I've been paying attention. I said we were doing five. Who each was this my last segment. one? Uh, Devon Monroe. So it would be um, away from home. Um, away from home. I would really. Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. I would. I'm intrigued to hear what you'll think. I'd like to talk to Josh Alexander. Well, I would love to talk to Josh. Do you Alexander. remember two years ago when I was like, "Oh, Monster Mafia is going to be the next big thing," and then he broke his neck, and uh, Ethan absolutely. Page blew up, yeah. and he kind of ebbed and flowed in his, like he got super popular, and then it kind of seemed like every time he blew up, like in a promotion, it seemed like. They never let him run with the ball fully. Yeah. Who knows why? Um, but Josh Josh Alexander would appear, periodically show up and wrestle, and I because I had thought that his career was over. I mean, he said his career was over. Yeah, but he has made this tremendous comeback, and I am just I I think that they have a great. Team, I think they have a great personality. Yeah, with the North. Yeah, the North. I think that he has always had a great look, and I think he's a fantastic wrestler. So I would love to talk to him about what is that like of staring the end in the face and saying, "I'm not done yet." Yeah. Uh, I, and you know, what kind of work did you have to put in, and where is your mental state to get in the ring and think every match I wrestle might be the la- my last run. That's a, man, yes. Um, all right. So that's 10 from us. Bash and Sailor, Gran Akuma, Archibald Peck, Eric Cannon, Dr. Darren Davis, Kevin Condren, Yolanda, the designer, Devon Monroe, Michael from Wham, Josh Alexander. We'll come back right after this, have some more thoughts about people we'd like to talk to, collaborate with, etc., etc., to make a better heel turn radio as we continue to move on in the countdown to 200. Life. So let me set the scene. It's 2 in the afternoon and 34 degrees. The Queensland harsh summer heat. I'm me sweating buckets up and down my street. Cause there I spied the bloke. Perched the top of his milk crate throne. He eyed me off as I approached. And then he said, I'm on Smoko. So leave me alone, I'm on Smoko. So leave me alone, I'm on Smoko. So leave me alone, I'm on Smoko.
Hey, we're back. Episode one ninety eight. We're we're making our we're making our Cody list. Got five each so far. We wanted to make ten total. Got to got to fill up the well. Got to fill up the well. Um, people that we haven't had on previously that we'd like to have on. We've been in talks with the dirtiest players in the game. Literally haven't had a chance to lock them down for a summer series interview. My numero uno, Crumbles and Defarge. So uh, I love me some Crumbles and Defarge. Um, they have feuded with one another. They have been campeones. Um, I just I love tag teams. I love dedicated tag teams. It's my numero uno. Start off hot. Start off dirty. Filthy. Like Christina I Aguilera. I think I'm back to local, aren't I? You can you can do whatever you want, but No, but I'm trying to divide my list. Yes. Okay. Um let's go on the way back machine. Um not that oh. far back, but I think an interesting person to talk to would be Horace the Psychopath. Oh. Uh I think that he defined a lot of interesting feuds for that time period. And I, I think he's someone who doesn't get enough recognition. Yeah. Um, and I think it would be someone who I would be interested just again in hearing his thoughts about how things have progressed. Does he Is he seem still interested at all? Or is it something where he's like, I've closed the chapter on this and I've moved on? Um, I mean, we talk about that period kind of being lost or whatever, but some of those shows, they filled big buildings. Mm -hmm. Like, he was in some big matches. Yeah. Uh, I would just, I'd be interested in his thoughts on it. I would absolutely agree. Um, I think that I've been trying to rectify a bit of what we do with where I'd like us to be or how I'd like us to be better advocates for some of the things like you mentioned mental health um, I think that we're interested in talking about a more diverse landscape of wrestling of uh, equal rights and equal fights um, as Mike Quackenbush always likes to say um, I think in in light of a lot of the conversation that's coming around um, the World Cup, the recent World Cup, and the U.S. team bringing home the victory, I would really love to talk to the folks. At, and we were interacting with them a lot, I think, early on, but haven't really had a chance to talk with them too much. I still sport my T-shirt on a regular basis when I go to shows because I love their T-shirts. Um, also part of WhamFam, Power Girl Gang. I'd yep. really love to talk about um, how they operate, how we could get more promotions to um, be a part of that um, that awareness of just creating inclusive spaces for everyone to be a wrestling fan and for everyone to feel um, as a wrestling fan they have uh, a place at at any show ideally, um, but you know at the very least have a promotion or promotions that they can call home and go out and and feel you know, a part of that family. Um, yeah. I'm going to mention someone who we've not had on the podcast directly, but we've done commentary with before. Oh, you son of a bitch. Are you going to steal? Yes. Who I would be absolutely, um, I, 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 mean, I would be, I, I would absolutely adore having them on because I think that 
they have a unique perspective. Uh, I also think that they're um, hot fire on a microphone, uh, as well as in the ring, and that is the Queen Bee, Brooke Valentine. Um, I think that you talk about somebody who is setting the pace and tone um, not just for women's wrestling, but for wrestling in general. Um, in our area, I think that she does it. I, I think that she has the propensity to steal the show every time she puts boots on and steps in, in the ring, um, no matter who it's with. Um, there are so many matches with so many different opponents that I would like to see her wrestle. Um, and just like to talk to her about like her experiences as well as you know just what it's been like in that process mm -hmm. to get where she was to where she is and where she wants to be yeah um, oh man so I'm going to I'm going to piggyback on that because I don't I don't want us to take up another slot. Can we just add little Nate to that? Yeah, I, I I I would love to talk to both of them individually, but I'd also love to talk to them together. To me, I think it'd be interesting to do a segment with both with one of them, each of them, and then do and one then combined. Together, yeah, and 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 as well as I can't remember the, their manager. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I I think that's the thing is they've they've formulated they're like yacht clubs. Yeah, the yacht club. They've formulated such an interesting brand that takes from so many cool elements and is so much of their personality and it's it's different yeah it it, it takes but it, it's its own thing and it has its own vibe and yeah it's really good yeah um i say that because i i want to like piggyback people into this conversation um and as long as we're talking about two people that do very interesting uh, fantastic work that is unique and also piggybacks on each other I would say I would love to get both of them because I think that they're one of my favorite tag teams that I have now had a chance to see live would like to see live more often but primarily I would love to talk to Kevin Koo of Violence is Forever um, they absolutely blew my socks off representing Subgraps at that uh, that Midwest mixtape show, yeah, um, uh, he was uh, featured on the show that was on um, Amazon that had some questionable backing, but I think really came off as a huge star there. Um, but Kevin Koo, um, yeah, Kevin Koo, violence is forever. Yes, please. Uh, I'm going to mention one that we had scheduled and then had to cancel because I had um, seizure issues, but hopefully we'll be able to get rescheduled sooner rather than later what and have happened. About? Yes. Man Scout? Yeah. Jake Mandy. Jake Mandy. I think that Jake Manning is a genius. Um, I think that he is one of the smartest men in independent wrestling. I think he's one of the funniest. I think that even though um, we disagree on Vader, um, the fact that he hates him, um, I also didn't know Leon White, <laughs> and he did. Um, I also, Bryce said, hey, 
you've had Zane on. Did you ask him about he and Manning taking care of Ric Flair? And I was like, no. And he's like, the next time you talk to those guys, ask them about taking care of Ric Flair um, when he worked for High Spots. Um, because he's like, nobody has better Ric Flair stories than those guys do. I think that Jake Manning is a workhorse. And I don't even just mean his work in the ring, which I think is extremely good and highly underrated. Um, I think everything he's done for high spots, I think everything he helped Cedric Alexander achieve, you know, as someone who helped train with him, uh, everything that he's helped other people that he helped train, I know he downplays that an awful lot and, and talks a lot of trash on his, on his training skills um, and what he's been able to impart on other people. But I think it's also the sheer amount of content he produces. Yeah. And not just content for the sake of content, but entertaining content. Smart content. He knows audiences. He knows how to get what he wants out of the time he spends with people that he uses as guests or entertainment-wise. And then he moves on. He doesn't exhaust something to the point where it's not fun to watch anymore. Um, I just, I really admire what he's able to do, and I think he's one of the smartest uh, content producers yeah. in all of wrestling. Um, I admire him for that. I also think he's hilarious. Uh, yes. <laughs> what did Zane said he, he when he first met him was an asshole, and then he ended up getting to know him, and he's a really good guy as well. I. I just think that he is a unbridled machine of productivity and, and creative energy, and I think that's really cool. Um, Jake Mandy, just don't ask him to bring the tent. <laughs> yeah, did you see the video? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, man, so another person that I would love to have on. Um, kind of in the same vein as as Brooke Valentine, someone who has always impressed me, but has continued to get better and better. And and to me is one of those people that, if I lived kind of on the East Coast, I would probably make the drives for is uh, Solo Darling. I think Solo Darling went from kind of a one note character into someone that is incredibly complex, both in the kind of style of wrestling that she does, but also in the character work that she's kind of graduated through with the Chikar work, but also kind of elsewhere. Beyond. Also, uh, also, uh, Magnum, you know, uh, Magnum had a, a short interview tonight prior to the Uncharted Territory Beyond show, and I can't wait to watch it. It was put up while we were recording, and now I'm very jealous. Um, I think, too, that Solo Darling looked at opportunity and stepped right into it. Um, yeah. Princess Kimberly left. And then when she left NXT, there was some time off as she um, went through and got her issues sorted out um, as, you know, working on herself. And, and that's something we, we planned on having on and we're ready to have on a couple different times. But, you know, life got in the way and she was going through all kinds of ordeals. Mm -hmm. And good for her. It seems like she's finally got her life where she wants it to be. Mm -hmm. I think I heard her on, she was on Zane Riley's podcast. Yep. Yeah, which was, if you haven't listened to that, um, Extra Talented is phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal. Um, that episode is one of the better ones as well, and that's, I can say that about every episode. Um, 
But I think Solo Darling looked at that situation where they had put a lot of stock and a lot of backing in Princess Kimberly, and I think Solo Darling got kind of stuck, not holding the bag, but like you're the heir apparent, mm-hmm. and I think she stepped right up. I mean, yeah. and she's been through some very interesting storylines. Um, I think that there's. I know that we talked about it, and this is one of those moments where I'll Mitch Paradise, Paradise lost it. I thought the way she was booked in Chicago was terrible. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I don't know what the deal with that was. I didn't understand that either. Um, it was a weird match. Yeah, it was a like, very, very awkward match. Very weird. I didn't feel like that it did anything for anybody in it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like most of the time she's put in a position to be very strong. And the fact that she's getting out and doing Beyond now and doing some other things. Coming to first. Coming, coming to back first. to first at the Baja Brew Lab show. Ba-doo. There's going to be, oh, man, oh. we got to talk about that next episode because that show is shaping up to yeah, be, it's gonna be oh, crazy. amazing. So good. All right. Your shot. You got one local and you got one non-local. What am I on? Well, I, I mean. I, local. Yeah, local. Jake Mandy. I haven't done a tag team yet. So my tag team that I would do is the Flippy Boys. Oh. We talk to them all the time. Yeah. Well, um, technically, I had them on the podcast on my birthday. Well, do you was, probably don't remember it. Uh, oh, I listened back to it because I had to edit the episode. Um, I would... <laughs> they're two of like the funniest people. Like They're very, very yeah. humorous. And gregarious. Yes. Um, especially in commentary. Especially in commentary. But I, again, I would like to just have a conversation with them. Um, and they're blowing up. Uh, the reality is, and we've talked about this numerous times, um, Airwolf will not be here for very long. No. And Dorado is not far behind them. Um, their, their skill, dedication is incredible and I think the I really wish sometimes that people who are kind of on the fence with wrestling or who kind of like it but are just not sure could be there to see those two like when they're just screwing around in the ring before a show and they look like they're so happy and it's like watching people just it's like play wrestling with your brother yeah Except for at full speed, a hundred miles an hour, when both of you are absolutely supreme athletes, and they're just doing it. It's it really, really, really cool to be able to see that, um, and I would like to talk to them about the fact that I feel like they've evolved over the last year. Yeah, um, I think Airwolf has changed a lot of his game. I think Airwolf has changed a lot of his ring psychology. I think his match at Fortune Bania 1 with Ken Anderson was one of the better examples of ring psychology of how an injured leg should work in a match done by someone that young. Yeah. At no point did he stop selling that leg. No. Never. Now, he could maybe have sold it more at some points but he kept selling it at least. Whereas you'll see some people and they'll just run. You know, they're like, oh, my legs hurt. Sprint. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that Dorado, as he's put on more weight, as he's gotten broader and bigger, um, he's added some power to his game that I was like, how explosive are you? You know, I just, the things that he can do are as impressive as Airwolf, if not more so. So talking about them and what they would like, what they see as their future, what they would like their future to be, where would they like to go? Do they strictly see themselves as, you know, in the United States, or would they like to go to Mexico? Do they ever look at Japan and say, you know, that would be amazing, or even Europe? Um, what what do they? What kind of goals do they set for themselves? How do they set those goals for themselves? How do they look at achieving those? You know, I think it's it's you know, how do they choose now? what they continue to accept as bookings here. Yeah. Because what is the risk-reward equation for you? At what point is a, you know, a a payday at a local show no longer worth worth the risk than getting in a car, driving eight hours, and working another show that has far more visibility but you're only working one show rather than maybe three over a weekend. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm just interested in that kind of thought process. And I think, like I said, I think they're two extremely funny young men um, who are extremely nice um, and have a great family background as well. Huh. Um, I think that they're definitely someone who could end up parlaying some of the connections that they're creating um, by working in Shakar or other places like that into, you know, like White Wolf Wrestling, right? Like, they could take a trip to Spain. And I would love to see them mix it up with some of those guys again. Um, I think that they've definitely made fans of some of the luchadors that they've had the opportunity to go up against with Airwolf and MLW and some of the people that Cannon has brought in. You know, I would I would think you know perhaps with them potentially working Fortune Bania and uh, Alberto El Patron and his brother on that show that hopefully they could make inroads to their new promotion. At some point, um, we have to talk about how insane it is to look down that card and go, "We're gonna call that card." Yeah. I think I think if we can get Warrior on next week, I think that that would be a great precursor because episode two hundred is essentially going to be Bania week. Bania. I thought about that today. I'm not to get it too far off on a tangent, but I thought about that today, and I was like, I'm literally going to be able to call matches on a card with Ultimo Dragon and Super Crazy. Yeah. With the main event being my my favorite independent wrestler yeah. Eric Cannon and one of my favorite people in, in independent wrestling and Darren Corbin yeah. someone who I think is you know outside please, of the character please please please, please. your heavy on wrestling <laughs> champion two time <laughs> champion Darren outside of like that being one of the nicest most giving um, willing to help you in every way possible people in Darren Corbin. Um, and the fact that they're telling a story and the, the the video promos they've cut have been so just 
I goosebumps. I have goosebumps just thinking about how good those promos have been. Yeah. I, I, I'm not even talking about Alberto Patron, uh, El Patron against his brother. I mean, and and that's not Cole Cabana versus David Arquette. Yeah, that's a tag match now. I know. Uh, and we don't even know who's in the Rumble. Uh, again, I'll, I'll get way off track here if we keep going, but that card is going to be sick. It's bonkers. Yeah, it is bonkers. So I try to process the fact that I will be sitting behind a table with two of my well, best friends. Commentary booth shaped like a table. The two of my best friends with sweet headsets on. Sweet headsets. Trying not to get spit on. Um, and calling what will be absolutely stupendous. Yeah. So, um, and it'll be super fun. Bring your fans. Yeah. It's going to be hot. Hot. Um, also just noticed, um, we're taping this, uh, and I'm looking at Twitter right now, and uh, Riley Jackson and the Undercard Wrestling Podcast are, uh, are getting into it on Twitter, and Riley Jackson's come back to... The Undercard Wrestling Podcast says, if you want to go swim in the kiddie pool, be my guest, but at least know your place. Riley Jackson said, coming from bootleg heel turn radio? Mm, okay. And they said, don't drag heel turn radio into this. Those guys are solid dudes. I'd be privileged to be bootleg heel, bootleg heel turn Aww. as opposed to bootleg professional wrestler. So, hey, uh, fireworks don't end on the 4th of July here in Minnesota. Well, here's the thing I'll say about that little battle. Nobody there has, should, should be fighting. Because... No. Those guys have carved out their own thing, and I, I love it that they're doing that. I hope that we're talking about p- potential collaborators. I want to do more stuff with those guys. It's, those are people I would love to collaborate with more. Um, Riley and the undercut, to be honest with you. <laughs> and, well, I'll get to Riley in a second. <laughs> what? Um, but I feel like the undercard has really the undercard podcast has really found their sea legs yeah and they're doing cool stuff and i really hope that and they were all at the the bryce remsburg seminar i hope that management at showtime sees what they have in them and sees what value that production and commentary can bring to your show and they make sure they put those guys in a position to do commentary and that they get it up on YouTube because I think that it will just continue to grow what already is a good product into something mm-hmm. more. Um, as far as Riley, so during that entire thing at MAW, um, I, I here's the thing. As a character... I find Riley absolutely deplorable, which is the whole point. Riley's great because Riley can be hated and he doesn't care about being hated. Although sometimes I worry if I hurt his feelings. Hmm. But Riley, outside of wrestling, and I won't use his shoot name here, but that person is a sweetheart. Um, he's a really nice guy and I know how hard he wants to be great. And anybody who doesn't think that he can be great or anybody who thinks he's a knockoff or is mediocre or whatever, they don't know shit. Because that kid will kill himself to make a show look good. Although I will say that maybe one of the things that uh, that he will need to figure out the, uh, the shoulda, coulda, um, because, oh man. 
A balcony dive. Uh, any balcony dive, really. But here's the thing I, I think that's interesting about him. He His emotions will get the better of him at times, and he'll say and do things he shouldn't. But I do feel like everything he does in the ring is done without ego. It's done to make the other people in the match look good. It's done to make the match good. It's done to make the show good. He wants to be the, the match that everyone talks about. Absolutely. I mean, he craves it. I mean, it's he's the type of guy in a team sport you want on your side. Like, they would always talk about, especially in college, you know, you want to make sure the guy next to you is a guy you want in a foxhole with you type of thing. Yeah. Team mentality. He's a guy I would want, like, on a football team with me. You know, because yeah. you know that he is going to desperately try to outwork everybody. Um, so, when I hear things like that, to me, it's just shit talking on Twitter, yeah, but it's sort of disappointing as well. Because, like, they should be pumping him up, and, they, and he should be trying to get on that podcast... To get his name out even well, more. Well, he's been on that podcast a bunch. Oh, well. I mean, I think that to a certain extent, it's uh, it's it's working uh, working gimmick into yeah. shoot, shoot into a gimmick. Um, That's the thing but, with but Twitter where talked, I'm kind of always like... Ugh. We've talked about Twitter and things in general. Just this is like why I don't, the kind of negative versus is, the positive. This is why I don't post on Twitter. Yeah. This is why I only say horrible things on the podcast. That's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's true, though. I mean, you. I mean, we talked about this. All of the, all of the terrible tweets are me. I don't post. I should on sign them. I should sign them. Beard. I don't because I feel like it's it's such a black hole that you can so easily fall into. Um, I think it's like what you talked about with promos earlier, right? Yeah. The promo, or I guess, was, yeah, last week when you were talking about um, when you were talking about if I'm gonna troll, good, if I'm gonna troll them, yeah. Rather than saying like you're a knockoff heel turn radio, I'm gonna be like, I really appreciate the compliment. From the third best wrestling podcast, <laughs> you know something where you're, or you're the fifth, yeah, the fifth, yeah, something like that where you're, yeah, you're being witty about it, like, but you're, but you're not just like. I think that's the thing that Riley will learn over time is like just you don't go for the for the for the head lop yeah. first. You set that strike up, yeah. um, and and that's the thing. It's like I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm old and I just don't get it. You are, but that's okay. Yeah, I'm maybe. Yeah, I'm just ancient and wicked. Uh, so the exact opposite of that, and one of the other people, this this, my thought process. He he was on my list at the very beginning, but I wanted to wait for a good segue. And I think that obviously I waited just long enough. Um, First to get back to Riley Jackson. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Wolf and Dorado. You talked about Wolf yeah. and Dorado. People that are hungry. People that have evolved. People that can leave you absolutely breathless with the work that they do and even more so the potential that I think that they have. And to me, I'm going to go back to Chikara to a match that just absolutely took my breath away and like makes me emotional thinking about it right now. I would love to have Boomer Hatfield on the podcast. The match that he had with Dasher uh, at Chikara was like, that was so emotional and so magnificent for someone who has essentially been in the wrestling business like as long, maybe even a little less than Wolf and Dorado. Um, there have been, like you said, that match that he had with Ken, Airwolf had with Ken, or um, a couple of the matches I think Dorado had that we had the opportunity to call in, in MAW. Um, that match that Boomer had 
and the season that Boomer has had with Chikara in season twenty here has just been nothing short of spectacular. And I don't I don't ever know what the ceiling will be for people. Um, Boomer's not the biggest dude, um, but he is. It's so obvious how invested he is in telling and collaborating um, with everyone he steps in the ring with to tell these stories that just absolutely wreck you, but also just impress the hell out of you in terms of his acumen. The The series of submissions, we talked about this with Warrior uh, probably a month ago now. Yeah. Um, the series of submissions, the way that he... Into the front flawlessly, Yeah, flawlessly kind of edited and amalgamated his offense into a series of submissions and strikes to wear down um, Dasher. Man, oh man, I just, I would love to kind of hear, and just all the experiences we've had with all of the the kind of younger, kind of um, last kind of generation graduating classes of, of the Wrestle Factory, um, from from Green Ant to, to Travis Huckabee to um, you know some of the the folks Hashtag from Hashtag Fight That Bear yeah Fight That Bear um, gotta get yeah Travis wrestle oh, that bear um, but uh, but you know you know to the to the folks um, uh, under Professor Nicodemus's uh, sway there's been there's been no shortage of amazing professionalism and I just um, the opportunity, I think, to, to interview someone, you know, like Wolf and Dorado, just in a different part of the country and kind of see how that, hear how that plays out um, and what that experience has been, um, I think would be a real, uh, a real, real great opportunity um, to kind of talk to someone who I feel is just really on the way up um, in terms of another person that can make a huge splash nationally. Your Ooh. last, your last individual on this list it's so difficult because it's for me it would be someone who's not local to come up with exactly who I would want because for me there are a lot of Chikara folks like, mm. I would love to talk to Sidney Bacabella mm. um, I would love to talk to Dasher Hatfeld because that entire journey for Dasher I think is just as interesting, is just as emotionally wrought with peril. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Quackenbush, I think, will always be one, you know, just like Cannon that will stay on He's the list. He's still on the list, yeah. Um, there's guys in Beyond Wrestling, um, you know me, that I would absolutely adore to talk to David Starr. Mm -hmm. I think David Starr is a genius. I also think that... Um, I would be interested just to kind of see, you know, what his process is as far as, you know, he he's he's he thinks a certain way and he does what he says he's gonna do. Yeah. Um but if I have to pick one person and we're just making a list. We're making a list, we're just making a list. I'm going to pick somebody who I very much have a great deal of passion for as a performer. Mm -hmm. I, I've actually spoken to in person. Oh. Um, at an event. And I was very, very um, taken aback 
Um, and you know, it's real brief, <laughs> way too close to context. Um, but someone that I, and I would be very interested because I don't know what, what you would get from them. I don't know who, you, which version of them you would get. Um, as far as where they're at in their personal headspace on the day that you talk to them. Um, and that would be Eddie Kingston. I think Eddie Kingston... When did you talk to Eddie Kingston? At Chicago Show when they were in Minneapolis. No shit. Yeah, like when that. he got out of the ring, he grabbed me and he was like, Hey man, start chanting encore. And I was, oh. like, and I was like, yes sir. I also <laughs> talked to him in between at, um, at the mer- when he was walking around when they were doing merch. Um, I just said hello. Oh, I totally say. didn't know that. Yeah, it was. I was very intimidated. Um, not intimidated like I thought I'd be more physically intimidated, but I realized I'm like I'm like a good two inches taller than he is and a bit bigger than he is. Oh. But it was more just like I have seen just the absolute raw emotion that that man puts into professional wrestling, and. Mm-hmm the believability of who and what he is to me he's a lot like there are wrestlers who you believe no matter what yeah um i believe like i believe sammy callahan is sammy callahan is sammy callahan yeah <laughs> you know i believe sammy callahan when he says he's gonna I, I believe he is who he says he is all the time yeah i believe cody rhodes is who he says he is all the time um, same with the Young Bucks. I mean, we, we've been around Bryce Remsburg a couple times now. Um, I believe Bryce is who he says he is. Yeah. is and, you know, and Bryce pointed out that Eddie Kingston, who he's known, but he's like, when people were making friends in college, my friends were Claudio Castagnoli, Chris Hero, and Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Um, I, I believe Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, unfortunately, both his blessing and curse. I would want to talk to him because I I find him to be when he talks about that being I know people have ripped it off last of dying breed to me he is that last independent um, standard bearer the guy who is our modern day Bruce, Bruiser Brody yeah um, I know to a degree David Starr I think has latched onto that as well I think that's why they get along so well yeah and they do things together but. I think that he is that guy. He is that independent. He is that I will show up to your promotion. I will raise hell. I will drive the ratings of it up. You're, you know, Phil put asses in seats. I'll cause chaos and then I'll leave, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll do it somewhere else and I'll do it until I'm tired of doing it. Or, you know, he keeps saying he's only got so long left and, and he may. Um, and w- when he retires, I will truly be heartbroken. Because, but I will also know that he is a guy who has given absolutely his blood, sweat, tears, heart, and soul to professional wrestling. Um, to me, it'll be a lot like when Chris Wolf announced she was retiring. I felt really bad. I felt real yeah. sad. But yeah. I also was like, I hope you're okay. Yeah. Because when we had the wonderful opportunity to talk to her, she, again, was extremely kind and gracious and it was someone you go and you watch her the history of her career and follow her, you see that she like grabbed her dream by the neck and just shook it for everything it was worth. And then she said, Okay, this ate is all the meat that fell out. All the meat. 
you know. And, and then she realized, I've got to get out before, you know, this catches up with before me. Before I can't, yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. I mean, Ultramatus Black also falls in that category, but he made me pick, so I'm picking Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think that we can go out any higher than that. No. He's a man working. Yeah. So, one more episode left after this till 200. 200 will have some surprises in store. It'll probably be multi-episode like episode 100 was. Um, Going to have some guests coming up. Uh, official, junior, senior official, Clark Feldman on the podcast. He just drove 3,000 miles, yeah. four states, last uh, last weekend, two weekends ago. The road warrior. The road, road warrior, big <laughs> bars man. Uh, Ultimate Warrior, of course, will be, be back on... Uh, we'll be up at Fortune Bania at the end of the month, last Sunday in July, uh, calling a crazy card. I'm sure we'll talk about that on the next show or maybe afterwards. I don't know if we if we'll we'll do a big preview or do a big review, but um, definitely we'll be talking about that. Uh, a lot of great shows uh, coming up um, from this weekend on through the end of the week and into August with that huge. Uh, first show at Bauhaus Brew Labs. I'm sure we'll talk about that a bit as well. Ryan Cruz coming back on, um, and hopefully a whole host of others, um, you know, included in this list. Um, you know, we we talked about off the podcast. We'd love to have John Maddening on the the, the flagship. Uh, had the opportunity for. Although I would also really you like, like powerpoints. You mentioned like doing collaboration stuff. I would love for us to do more collaboration with. Um, with, with uh, the Undercard podcast, with our brothers from Northern Mothers, yeah. um, Loose Ropes. John Maddening is someone who I think is absolutely brilliant and hilarious. I would love to do more with him. Wrestle um, Games with Wayne McCarty. Yeah, oh my God. Effie Stop. Yeah. Um, we got to get Laszlo. We got to get Laszlo on. Yeah, we haven't had Laszlo on in a while. I had a chance to catch up with him recently. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I think that's you know there's a lot of really great people yeah that it's always good to see and it's always good to spend a little time with um, I mean other people you mentioned you know that attended the seminar Paul Cleary yeah uh, Paul good friend from MIW. First time I met Paul in person so, oh really yeah. I didn't know that no we talked um, before online but we never met in person yeah Paul great guy I, Ricky um, Ben Terry uh, Bill, uh, whole Renaissance Revolution crew. Um, it's yeah. an interesting time to for us because you know as we talked about previously, it's kind of in between doing stuff and you know formulating what kind of creative endeavors we want to be involved in, um, and that's really fun. And at the same time, it's also as we talked about last time, it's also sometimes frustrating. Yeah. Um, but when you start thinking about all those opportunities and all those potentialities, you realize that, you know, the world is your wrestling oyster. Yeah. And I don't even like oysters. Oh, well, I do. So if you want to shuck oysters with the beard and watch Ben sit next to us and I don't know. Now I'll eat the hell out of some scrimps. Okay, well, he can eat some scrimps. We'll do oysters. You've seen it. If you've got some wrestling seafood uh, that you want to explore, hit us up. Uh, on every social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Heel Turn Radio. Um, check out all the podcasts on HeelTurnRadio.com. Check out 
dnddt at dnddt.com. Uh, yeah, go check out our Wham Fam store. We've got some things coming in the shoot uh, here before the end of the summer. Some new fun collaborations that we're interested in. Uh, in uh, Twitch stuff in the, happening? Yeah, Twitch stuff. Heel Turn Radio on Twitch. Um, <laughs> Which is weird. That's not weird. It's great. We're gonna there's there's gonna be some shows happening on yeah. that are gonna there's gonna be some things, weird stuff happening. Some spooky things. There's some spooky things. Yeah. We're just gonna do uh, uh, maybe that's the mantra from now on. We do what we want. We do what we want. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Uh, episode one ninety eight of Feel Turn Radio live from the mud pit. I'm the beard. I'm your King Ginger. Come down us on.